completing midnight rides. Remember, we were with Deuce, and he was deciding that he was going to do things his own way. But I got it right because Deuce sauntered towards the group as though the previous five minutes were a figment of my imagination. Inhaling deeply, I nodded to the rider on Wigwam to take the lead and vowed to pass on the next midnight ride. Chapter 8. One of the Boys A slow day at the reservation cabin led to boredom, mischief, and downright trouble. Our joking around began in harmless fun, but as they say, boys will be boys, and trust me, cowboys are more than just boys. My street smarts were meaningless when I tried to hold my own within the confines of the corral. At this time, I smoked a Morier cigarettes and a small woman's pipe, neither of which were good for me. I wanted a cigarette, but I was out, so I hoped to bum a smoke from Hood or Stewart. After all my pleading, I still came up empty, so I gave them the silent treatment. They got a few laughs watching me stew as I put on my felt cowboy hat before leaving for the chateau. On the edge of the parking lot, Stewart yelled, Hey, Diane, maybe you want to try some chewing tobacco instead. I turned back and said, Okay, but I've never done it before. Stewart reached for the pocket of his peach-colored cowboy shirt. He flipped open the pearl snap and slowly pulled out the plastic pouch of tobacco, reciting the finer rules of chewing at a painfully slow pace. He snapped his shirt pocket closed, opening the bag released scents from the fragrant tobacco. He leaned into me and uttered the magic words, licorice, black licorice. Stuart meticulously put his thumb and middle finger into the pouch and grabbed a hefty pinch of licorice tobacco. He began his instructions again. You take just about this much tobacco and pinch it together so that it forms a tight wad. Never skip this part, or once you will have stray pieces floating around in your mouth. And Diane, do not chew the tobacco. That is not its purpose. It will only be good if you keep it tucked inside your cheek and let the taste find its way out. His words fell slowly and concisely. No matter what you do, never swallow the tobacco juice and never, ever swallow the tobacco itself. Do not. I realized that having gone to get my own cigarettes would have been faster, but I was in too deep to turn back. Stuart leaned towards me again. Between his thumb and middle finger, he held the brown water tobacco. He cautiously put the tight clump inside my lower left cheek, forgetting to give me all of his instructions. I did not know how to handle the wad in my cheek while simultaneously extracting some flavor. My taste buds waited for their sweet bounty, and I thought about the juice I needed to spit out. The licorice taste was good until the juices vanished and the chews slithered down my throat. It made a quick landing in my empty stomach. 
My stomach retched, my mouth watered, and my body prepared for an explosion. I jumped out of the shed and fell to my knees in the mud. I heaved repeatedly while Stuart and Hoot dropped their heads to meet mine inches from the ground. I was surely sick but more embarrassed than anything. I refused to look at them, and I tried to wait them out, but they were cowboys with enough patience to birth a foal and outrun stray cattle. They could easily wait all night for a peek at a green-faced Yankee. The silence lingered, and my knees began to shake. I braced myself for a scolding, but like the horses, cowboys are forgiving. They gave me a lot of room to ponder, my lesson, then in a nurturing demeanor, Hoot asked me if I was all right. I said yes. Stuart expressed his true condolences in regard to my mis-